Hello everyone and welcome back or welcome to the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast. If you are new here, my name is Nari Page. I'm a registered dietitian and I am also your host. And this podcast is the place where we answer your nutrition and wellness questions questions. Why can I not say that word? I've tried to record this intro twice because I've messed up questions both times. Anyways, where I answer your nutrition and wellness questions in a non-diet culture way. I'm excited you're here, however you found this, especially since it's the new year. And I am truly in the best mood today, so I really feel like this podcast is about to pop off. Is pop-off still a thing that the cool kids say. I mean, I know that I'm not actually going to be cool, but I just feel like as I said pop off, I was already like, no, that that wasn't working. Anyways, I've just been having the best day of Live Unrestricted consults, and I just have to share about it because truly the highlight of my life is helping someone improve their relationship with food, body image, exercise, and just feel like they have some hope, they got some support. So whether that happens in this podcast via an Instagram DM or TikTok or whatever it is, it it always makes me happy. But in Live Unrestricted, the cool thing is I've seen hundreds of time with hundreds of women how big of an impact the program can make. And I do free consults with literally every single woman that applies. And There are some times where I'm just on a call and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is literally going to change your life. And I try to hold in my excitement, but it's literally just how exciting of a feeling is it to know that someone is coming to you with a struggle and you know that you can help them through it and literally change their life. Like it is a feeling that is euphoric. So anyways, I had these two consults today and that was the case for both of them. One girl was in tears because it was such an amazing fit and she finally felt like she had hope. Another woman was saying how relieved she was and that she was worried the price was going to be like three times what it was and how it actually made sense for her and just every part of it felt so aligned and I'm just so excited. If you are interested in the group, I won't go on and on about it, but you can apply. It's always linked in the show notes. And our next group actually does start January 22nd, the week of that, um, the week of January 22nd. So there's not that much time left to apply. So I would highly suggest applying now if you are wanting to heal your relationship with food and body image and become the best version of yourself in the new year, this is the sign. I won't keep discussing that because it's not our topic for today. I just had to get it out. But the topic that we have today is, it's a good one because we are talking almond moms. If you are on TikTok, you've probably seen the recent explosion of this topic or term. But it's interesting because as someone in the ED recovery space, I've heard of this term for quite a long time, mostly because I've had many clients that have dealt with moms or parents like this. But the whole idea of an almond mom in itself really actually came from the resurgence of clips of Yolanda Hadid telling Gigi to have an almond. So I'm going to play that for you now so that you can understand where the original comments actually came from. I'm okay. I just woke up. How are you? I'm feeling really weak. I have a couple of almonds. Chew them really well because your stomach is not. 
Okay, so now you've got that idea of where those comments came from. I think what's important to remember about an almond bomb is that it's not actually about almonds. It's really about the whole mindset that a mom that's recommending almonds when her daughter is feeling weak has. So I actually found this incredible description video by this doctor that I wanted to share with you guys because she gives such a clear and concise definition. Hi, this is Dr. Carla. Merry Christmas. People are asking me what an almond mom is. An almond mom is a mom who's fat phobic, projects that fear onto her child, is pursuing thin privileged social capital of thinness, wants to include their child in it, frames it up as pursuing health. Okay, so I know that that definition is so much at once. She is so well educated on these topics, so highly suggest her TikTok. I will link her below. But essentially what she's saying is that an almond mom, which for reference can also be an almond dad, an almond aunt, an almond uncle. It could be an almond anyone, right? But an almond mom is someone that is obsessed with their weight and they're afraid of not being at a weight that they think is societally acceptable, which is the fat phobia that she's discussing. And in order to try to get to that weight, they're often doing tons of different things, such as extreme dieting, avoiding eating, cleanses, over-exercising, constant movement. I mean, just any number of things you could imagine. Honestly, I have heard every number of things in the book from clients that have had moms like this of things that they have done. And the other piece that she's saying is that oftentimes these mothers are wanting their child to fit within the same framework of societal acceptance within their body. So they will often comment on the size of their child's body, what they're eating, how they're exercising, what they're wearing, anything along those lines, because they also want them to care about fitting that societal construct for the gains that it can have. But instead of either recognizing and or saying all of these things, they're often just pawning off their behavior as trying to be healthy. So if someone tries to criticize like, oh, why can't you eat the pizza with us? It's because they're just concerned about their health. If someone asks them why they are fat shaming their child, oh, it's just because I want them to be healthy. They always have this kind of reason or way that they're going to take the blames off of themselves and try to act like it's in the better good of their life and of their child's life. So for me, I always like an example, right? Because you're listening to this and you're like, all right, cool. I get the idea, but what does this look like? And I found an amazing example for you. So I'm going to play it now. No more candy canes, but I have some peppermint tea instead. Mommy has the same diet as the reindeer. I got organic sugar-free hot cocoa. You can have half of a cup. I don't eat dinner. I have two glasses of wine. Honey, I need you to put out the oat milk and carrots for Santa. Early Christmas gift, I got you ankle weights. You can wear them whenever you go out. Oh, commercial break. Everyone just sit up. Honey, get your shoes on. We're doing a fun day. I'm not toxic. I'm just trying to help. There's truly nothing better than a holiday version of a trend. I just feel like they hit different. But I also know that we're in the new year. So if that wasn't really resonating with you because you've already blocked Christmas time out of your mind, I have another one to play. Are you asleep right now? How late did you 
stay out last night. Did you know it's 8 a.m.? All the things I've done this morning. I went to Crescent, I went to Target, I went to Hobby Lobby. You don't have depression. You just haven't worked out today. We're going for a run. Shoes. When I was pregnant with you, I used to do 10 miles a day, so this is really nothing. Hey, pace yourself. You and I both know you can't keep that speed. See, that feels amazing. And now I can have a couple extra gluten-free cookies if I want. Okay, I hope those really gave you a clearer picture of what an almond mom can look like. Now, keep in mind, that is just two examples. I have seen this take so many forms, and as I tried to say earlier, this can also be your almond dad that wakes up and cycles for 10 hours, has his little minuscule breakfast, and then goes on a run later, and then is always worried about his weight, right? This can take many forms, but at the end of the day, the conversation that we're trying to have around almond moms is the same. We want to talk about the effects that these type of people can really have on our relationships to food and ourselves, and then also what the heck we're going to do about it. So I have tons to say on this topic, and the commentary on this is complicated. The first thing that I want to start with is remembering that almond parents are on a spectrum. So we could have a parent that is stressed about their child's health and maybe even their own health to a certain extent. And because of diet culture and because of the misinformation that we experience every single day around nutrition, weight, wellness, etc., they truly believe that they need to not only watch the weight of their child, but also they're very fixated on their own weight and body size. We also have the other end of the spectrum, the extreme, where you can see parents literally passing their eating disorder onto their child. Now, this is not to say that every single parent with an eating disorder is going to pass the eating disorder to their child, but in the case of something like Yolanda Hadid, we can clearly assume that there is some extreme disordered eating that's going on and likely see that that has been passed on to her children. And in that place, many times those type of parents, even if they don't want to admit it, believe that their child is better when they are thinner. And this piece of the conversation around the child being better if they're thinner is where it's really painful and sad. I mean, the whole thing is, but as I was saying earlier, because almond moms are not a new thing, it's just a new term, I've seen this over and over again in the work that I do. And what you can see very often from parents that project this onto their child is that that child truly believes that in order to be loved, accepted, acknowledged, good enough, quote-unquote, they think that the size of their body has to be in a certain place. And often there's no place that's really good enough, and this is often influenced again by the parent feeling this way. And so it leaves them in this really challenging mental place that is very hard to escape because they're looking for this love from a certain body size, it doesn't really exist. You know, there's never really that point where it hits the skinny enough, accepting enough, etc. Now, we actually have research studies to back up 
these claims that eating disorder parents can cause eating disorders or at least adverse food behaviors in their children. There was a study done, like a comprehensive study, that looked at a bunch of different research studies, and they saw that despite variation in sample size, area, age, etc., there was a continual pattern of seeing that children that were dealing with parents like this, seeing children that dealt with parents like this, having more of a heightened chance of developing those adverse food reactions and eating disorders. Now, on the other token, we actually also have research studies that have shown us that growing up in homes like this, where there's a lot of commentary on weight and what you're eating, and really overall like social-emotional disturbance, can also lead to obesity. And I use obesity in the sense of BMI in the case of a research study, although I don't believe in those BMI categorizations. So not only can this create eating disorders, on the other end of the spectrum, it often creates people that are outside of a place in their body that feels good, likely because of shame. And it's really hard when you haven't had a good role model growing up to really even understand what a good relationship with food would look like. I mean, we're not taught this in school, right? And we're often not taught it by our peers because many other people are dealing with it or we don't want to talk about it. And so it leaves that child that then grows into an adult in a really, really challenging space. Now, in saying this, I am in no way saying that we need to have this blame that we're projecting onto these parents, these almond parents. And the reason why I say this personally is because we can acknowledge someone's role in our struggles, right? We can acknowledge that Yolanda Hadid and her comments were harmful and they most likely, although we are speculating, led to Gigi or Bella's challenges with their relationship with food. But we can never just look at someone and say like, oh my gosh, they should hate their mom and blame her because she did all of this to them, right? First of all, it's not our relationship. It's not our mom. So we should never be on the outside judging someone for their actions and what they decide to do. But also at the end of the day, blame is not a super productive feeling. I mean, we want to be able to allow ourselves to work through all of the feelings that contribute. But in order to really start to heal personally, if you're struggling with that disordered eating and or even just trying to distance yourself from the effects that that almond mom that you're dealing with may have on you, you don't want to be just projecting all this anger and like blame towards them. Well, you can have anger, but just not projecting that blame and saying that everything is their fault. I hope that that makes sense. I know different people have different stances on blame. I'm just sharing my perspective on this. And the reason why I also say this is because the truth is these moms, they're struggling. You know, these parents that are dealing with this, they are also subject to diet culture, fat phobia, It's not most of the time, I will not say all of the time because that's not true, but most of the time, they are not trying to hurt their child. They are just so, so delusioned by diet culture that they truly believe 
that they are doing what's right for them. And it's really sad. You know, those parents that are dealing with this, I have a lot of empathy for them. I don't feel like that empathy leads to acceptance of what they're doing because I don't think it's okay at all. But we have to remember that just because someone becomes a parent doesn't mean they heal all of their problems and it is their first time living as well. Now, would we wish in an ideal scenario that parents would heal their traumas before having a child so that it wouldn't affect them and at least at the very least be able to acknowledge them and therefore not pass them down? Yes, we 1000% would, but I'm just trying to share a realistic perspective around what we should expect from these things. Now, whenever we have a term like this gain popularity, there are the benefits. I have been scrolling through TikTok video after TikTok video, looking at articles, researching on Instagram, looking through research articles to learn more about the whole idea of almond moms and eating disorders and how they pass on to child children. And something that I've seen in multiple TikToks is moms commenting and saying like, wow, I didn't know this. Like, I think I may be an almond mom. Or I even saw a specific TikTok video dedicated to a mom that was sharing how she never realized that she was an almond mom because she didn't do this to her children, but she did it herself. She was the over-exerciser, the under-eater, the constantly obsessed with food, et cetera, et cetera. And I do feel like that specifically can be incredibly healing and it also can raise awareness for people at any age to not want to become this almond mom, to not want to pass these things down, to heal on their own. And it can also be extremely validating for those that have struggled with parents like this that have maybe felt really alone, maybe they thought this was normal, or they didn't know what to call it, to have a name and also to just see how many other people have experienced this same struggle and how it is really hard to work through. You deserve to feel that emotion of in kind of pain and sadness that you had to deal with that. And also, you deserve to be able to be free of that, to create boundaries, to figure out what works for you. Now, what I have seen that can become very problematic, and this is not just when it comes to almond moms. Also, if we were playing, like, a game of, like, how many times have I said almond moms in this episode, like, whatever it was you were doing, you would be, like, maxing out. But anyways... What I've seen that can be problematic is there was a trend that was going on on TikTok around Christmas time that was turning my mom into me. And it was a super cute trend. It would basically be like a daughter putting her mom in her clothes and you could see like the moms kind of go from their normal stuff to their child's stuff and they would really transform in confidence and it was really sweet. But then over the course of that trend, it started getting more and more comments of people first saying something like, oh, almond mom's living for this trend. And who knows if that original person really knew what it meant or if they didn't, but essentially saying how many of these moms were very thin, very small, and of course, commenting on the fact that maybe they were speculating that they were engaging in some of these activities. 
then I feel like people didn't quite understand what the almond mom turn meant. And I started to see it on more and more and more and more videos. So then you see like people commenting like, ooh, if this is what an almond mom looks like, I want to be one or like almond mom slaying. And it seems like it's really harmless in the moment, but people don't understand how harmful this is on so many levels. First of all, it's unintentionally spreading misinformation about what this actually is. And it leads to people not only making other TikToks about like their mom being an almond mom when they're actually not, which then creates confusion on many levels for multiple people, but it also has people commenting on random TikTok videos of a woman that is maybe in a smaller body saying like, oh, she's an almond mom. And whenever it comes to anything around body image or food, we should never like assume without knowing anything about someone. I mean, assuming in general can be dangerous. I say that and obviously I was just talking about Yolanda Hadid, so I feel like a bit of a hypocrite, but there's just been such a big conversation around that. So we have more intel, but overall, especially if this is some random person on the internet, it's not your place to be judging what their mom is or is not based off looking at them. So when we have that type of conversation starting, it can lead to a term that is actually very, very serious and has caused a lot of harm and dismay for multiple people, becoming somewhat of a joke or just not understood. And that is harmful for both parties. It's harmful for the people that know what an almond mom is, and it's honestly harmful for any of those almond moms that could see it. If you are scrolling through TikTok and you stumble upon something like that and people are saying stuff like, I want to be this when I grow up, then it really reinforces that their behavior is okay and it's just not and that takes them away from healing. And the thing that is already present in many of these type of parents' mindset is that the pursuit of thinness for them is so strong and so important that almost everything in their life gets overshadowed by that desire. It can even be that they think that they're pursuing health or they are trying to pursue health to a point where they compromise their own mental health. That would especially be the case of the more wellnessy based moms that are obsessed with ingredients and things like that. And so when we already have that present, the last thing that we need is more reinforcement that their ideas and ideologies are actually okay. Now, to go off of that, I actually did a poll on my Instagram about you guys' experiences with Almond Moms and your thoughts on them, so I wanted to share those with you guys and read through a few. So, Alyssa said, they're so, so toxic and they're given way too much attention in the media. Allison says, my mom said that grapes would make me fat because they have so much sugar. Grace says, toxic and fat phobic. Jana says, I don't like how it gets so normalized. Like, haha, I have an almond mom. Um, that's bad. Sophia says, it really contributed to my ED and making recovery 10 times harder, especially because she denies it. Clara says, so toxic just shows how deeply rooted the mindset to be small is. Carly says, passive-aggressive comments and actions and conditioning with food and exercise. Iz says, it's generational. 
IDK about the diet culture Almond Moms grew up in, though. Francesca says, honestly so sad because they are victims of diet culture, too. I wish I could heal my mom. Kaylee says, brain's another generation of disordered eating. Mara says, so triggering. I love my mom, but she made recovery so hard for me. Court says, being able to recover yourself and wanting the same for your mom, but she doesn't, is so incredibly hard. I really appreciate them sharing those opinions, and I also think that some of those last comments brought up the most important piece of this conversation, or every part of this conversation is important, but one of the important pieces, which is how do you deal with this, right? Like, what do you do? There's a few different ways that we can look at this, right? So maybe we lay out our ideal scenario. Our ideal scenario would be that we recognize that we have an almond mom. Maybe you are able to go to like therapy with them together or work with a dietitian as a family. And you guys are able to come together to help each other recognize the roles that she is playing in your struggles with food, if that is something that you're struggling with at that point, or even just how it affects your mental health. And from that point, she recognizes that she wants to work through this and that because she wants to work through this, she is going to embark on recovery or healing her mental health, taking care of herself differently, whatever it is, right? And then along with that, you're able to do the same and you do it together and it's amazing. That would be amazing, right? I have had mothers in my Live Unrestricted group and that I have worked with in general that have done this for their children and it is not impossible. But at the same time, it's what I see much less often, unfortunately. Especially at the point of realization and the point of making a change. And so I just want to reassure you that if you don't think that that's something that could happen for you or if you've already tried and it hasn't, don't be hard on yourself. It is not your fault. It's just so deeply rooted, unfortunately. So let's lay out the other scenario, right? So let's say that you have an almond mom and maybe you talk to her about it, but she's in denial. And therefore, since she's in denial, she doesn't want to change. She's not necessarily openly anymore commenting on your body or what you're doing, but she's still doing it herself. So it's still affecting you. Maybe it's affecting your recovery. Maybe it's affecting how you feel or your mental health or just you feel badly for her, but she's not willing to do that. So that's our second scenario. And then we have our third scenario where we have the mom that maybe you bring it up or maybe you don't because you already know how she would react, but it's extremely, extremely toxic. She will never want to change. She continually brings you down and makes you feel horribly, deters your recovery, whatever else it may be. Now, as I lay out those three scenarios, I know that that does not encompass every scenario that can happen around mothers and relationships like this and parents in general because everyone is unique and different. But hopefully, as I go through tips, you can take from different scenarios to see what feels the most fitting. So obviously, in that very first scenario that we talked about, you really are in that ideal place. You know, I would definitely encourage continually just supporting each other on your recovery if that feels right for you, 
but at the least going through recovery, having open communication around things that one another may do that upsets you or the other one, trying maybe to do challenges together or to go out and buy those new clothes or just do whatever you can to keep forward on that journey. Now, still, even at this phase, creating boundaries is important. Figuring out what your triggers are and the things and situations that may create some struggle for you because we still want you to be set up for success. Even when someone is trying on their recovery journey, it doesn't always mean that doing them hand in hand is easy. And everyone has a different journey. So just recognizing that it can look any way, but as long as you're taking those steps forward, that's so important. I would highly suggest, of course, at any of these phases, if anyone is willing to work with a dietitian, work with a therapist, etc., etc. Now, number two, when you have the mom that's in denial, it's really sad, but all that you can do is just create those boundaries and express what you need. And if they really do care about helping you, at the least, I imagine that most of the time they can try to do their best to not create those triggers and uncomfortable environments for you, but they can't change unless they see the issue, unless they want to change themselves. And that's such a frustrating thing to deal with. I can totally understand how hard that would be But please just don't feel bad about recovering or going on this journey because she's not. And you never know what could happen by doing this on your own. You could inspire her. I'm not saying to expect that or to do it for that reason, but I'm just saying that there are so many outcomes that can come from it. And at the least, our goal is to help you feel better because then you are breaking the generational pattern. And that's true of any of these circumstances. You breaking the generational pattern is going to change this for your daughter, for your son, if you would like to have children. But at the least, it's just going to make your life so much better. So in that circumstance, creating those boundaries, doing what you need to do to protect your peace in that scenario and recognizing that it's not your job to try to change her, although I know it can be really sad, feel all of those feelings, allow yourself to, but don't blame yourself. Now, number three, this is a really tough scenario and I don't want to give too specific of advice because I think this is really going to depend on the level of toxicity. I am actually dying to read Jeanette McCurdy's, um, it's an autobiography, her book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. And I've heard that there is commentary on her eating disorder and how her mom affected it. And I want to read it, but I've heard it's so tough to read that I'm just trying to find the right space. Now, with someone like that, that their mom is making those type of comments, you know, you're going to have to decide what that person's role looks like in your life and in your day-to-day. And I feel like finding a therapist for sure that can help you to understand what would make the most sense, what boundaries you need to set to the level that they need to be set is so, so, so important because you can love someone And also recognize that they are really causing you harm, you know? Um, So I would suggest that, of course, to start off with. I would also, of course, say that getting your own recovery still is going to make such a big difference. 
but also just really trying to be mindful of situations with that person if you are still engaging in a relationship with them that could lead to really bad triggers and just making sure that you're taken care of in those moments. Now, the other thing that I would say for all three of these scenarios really is just having your toolkit of comments or of responses and your tips and tricks for communication, whether that person is completely unwilling to communicate or they're extremely willing, there are different types of communication that could serve you the most. So just being aware of those and what will be the most helpful can really change the game. I just want to say to finish off that if you are someone that has experienced an almond mom or a parent, or if you're one yourself, I am just sending you so much love. It can be really hard to deal with this stuff on all sides, and diet culture sucks. I hate that it pressures any of us to feel these things, and it puts us into just such bad relationships with ourselves and our body and food. And although body acceptance and body positivity and all of those movements are expanding, we still need to take care of those that are struggling along the way. If you have any thoughts on this episode that you feel like I missed or a topic that you want to hear on the podcast soon, let me know. I always love hearing from you and your story mentions, your reviews on Spotify and Apple. They literally mean the absolute world to me and I'm so grateful that you are here. I'd also love to hear any feedback on when I play TikToks or audio during the podcast. If you like that, if you don't like that, I'd love to hear. And if you resonate with this episode, I would honestly highly suggest applying or considering applying to Live Unrestricted. I didn't even think about that tie until right now, but it could be an amazing fit for you. (coughs) Jeez, that was not a very good ending. So I guess we'll close it out. Cough and all, we're keeping it in. Thank you guys again for being here, and I can't wait to chat with you next week.